Hope everyone had a, uh, a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is the time of year I always look forward to. Just kind of uh, five things I think about when I think about Thanksgiving. Um, and it kind of works out now. I live on five fingers court. These are kind of like my five fingers of uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, things I'm thankful for and love that I get to enjoy here Thanksgiving is you know, faith, family, friends, food, and, uh, and last of all, you got football. <laughs> always, always good to enjoy some good football games around Thanksgiving. Uh, and we got to watch a, uh, an awesome football game this weekend. I wasn't on Thanksgiving, it was the day afterwards. Uh, uh, Pacific Northwest team, uh, originally my wife and I are from Oregon, Oregon, and both of my parents went to Oregon State. Uh, I did not go to Oregon State, but my college undefeated uh, since 1948 football, so I can take faith that they're always going to win, but they're also never going to lose because they've never had a football team. So <laughs> I cheer for the Beavers instead. And if there's any Oregon State fans out there, we beat the Ducks. Yes. <laughs> if there's any Duck fans out there, I'm sorry. We can try again next year. Um, one thing I've learned about, uh, about football is definitely cannot put my faith in a team, especially if that team is Oregon State, because they tend to lose uh, a lot, at least recently. Um, so I know that, that putting my faith in a football team, I'm going to be disappointed sometimes. There's going to be times that that team is going to lose, or they're going to do, you know, the coach is going to make uh, decisions that I don't agree with, and it's going to cost the game. So I've learned very early in life not put my faith in football. But there is something I can put my faith in, uh, and that's Jesus Christ and his word uh, that's in the Holy Bible. And we're going to look at faith today, and we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and into chapter 12, verse 2. So I'm going to read that for us. So it's a little long, so uh, it should be up here on the screen so you can follow along. This is from the English Standard Version, so Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by, for by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gift. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up, so that he should not see death. And he was not found, because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever, draws, or whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. 
By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age. Since she was considered, since she considered him faithful, who has promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted, greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who seek thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, the promises, was in fact, was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it had been said, through Isaac shall your offering be made. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he led Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea, as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, as she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promise, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of sword, the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. 
They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for another day that we can come together as your family, as a church, to fellowship together, to learn about you, to proclaim your name, to worship you. As we look into your holy word, just help us to focus on the words you have for us today, how we can apply those to our lives, to better serve you and live our lives dedicated to you. In your name, amen. That's a long chapter there. And it comes towards the end of the book of Hebrews. So let me put a little bit of context here on the book of Hebrews. What go, what's going on in the time this was written and what the author is working to write about. We don't know exactly who the author of Hebrews is. There's, he doesn't specifically say in here. But we do know that the author of Hebrews writing the book of Hebrews to the Hebrews. He's giving them the title there. He's writing to Jewish Christians, Gentile Christians uh, in the Roman world. We know from his writing that he's very familiar with the Jewish religion, and he addresses that throughout Hebrew, talking about the Jewish religion and how Jesus is a fulfillment of all the Old Testament. During this time, Christianity is spreading throughout the Roman world. Persecution has led to the falling away of some of the new believers in their new faith and the abandonment of faith, being less attentive to instruction and they ceased regular meetings. Hebrews starts off, the author talks about how God is superior. It's one of the main themes of the book. Jesus is superior to the angels, he's superior to Moses, to the priesthood, uh, and his superiority uh, is the reason we can have faith. And because we can have that faith, we can endure. So what is faith? The author gives this to us pretty clearly in that first sentence in chapter 11, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And the author goes on to list a multitude of examples. We're just going to work through each of these examples real quickly. I've kind of broken it up. There's kind of five different things that I see in these examples. Those first couple examples of Cain and Abel, Enoch, is that faith pleases God. 
we see the story of Cain and Abel. And Abel gave an appropriate sacrifice. And God regarded his sacrifice. And Cain did not. Abel had faith in what God had uh, asked them to do. and gave an appropriate sacrifice. And that pleased him. God made us for relationships. For each other and with him. And when we have that relationship, when we have the faith to believe that God exists, and the hope and the rewards and promise that he speaks about, he takes pleasure in that. It makes him excited that he gets to have a relationship with us. And you see that in Enoch. Not much is written about Enoch, but the few things that are written about him, it says, Enoch walked with God. That's the description of his life. He walked with God. How awesome is that? He just had a relationship with God. He knew him so well that he walked with God. And this is after the time of the garden. So, but he still walked with God. And he did not. God just took him. The Bible says, Enoch could not be found. God just took him. He did not know death. So we see that having faith pleases God. Next few examples look at Noah, Abraham, and Sarah. See that we have faith in God's call in our lives. Pastor Larry, the last few weeks, has been talking about divine uh, direction. He's got a divine direction for all of our lives, and he has a calling for us, and we can have faith in that calling. God called Noah to build an ark. Think about that at that time. God told Noah to build this gigantic boat to put animals in and his family in because there was a flood coming. Imagine the ridicule that he would have had from all his neighbors of building this boat. And yet he did it because he had faith in what God was calling him to do. Look at Abraham. He was called to leave his home to go to a new land, a home where his extended family was, where his comforts were. He knew the land. But God called him to go somewhere completely new, and that was going to be his land. But he'd never seen it before, he'd never been there. But he followed in faith. You look at Sarah. Well past the age of what we would consider a normal age to bear children. And when she heard God say that she was going to have a child, she laughed. That laughter turned into faith. She bore Isaac. Look at the next couple examples to see how God is faithful in fulfilling his promises. God made a nation out of Abraham and Sarah. They were close to a century old, if not older, when they bore Isaac. They just had one son, Isaac, who God said he would create a nation out of. Just one. Yet we see God uses that to build a nation. More numerous than the stars are the grains of sand on the sea. They didn't get to see the end result of this. They just got to see Isaac. But they had faith that God would fulfill his promise. Once again, they had a conviction of things unseen and sought the better country that God had spoken of. Just like you and I seek a better country. That country is heaven. And we have hope in it. God is there preparing it for us. In fact, it's already prepared for us. And he will fulfill that promise. 
Look at the next few examples and you see faith in God's future blessings. Abraham had faith that God would return Isaac to him after offering him up as a sacrifice. Abraham was ready to do what God asked him to do, knowing that he would provide future blessings. If you look at his sons, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they all had faith in that same promise, that God would use them to build a nation, and that nation would be his people. They blessed their sons according to this future blessings, and Joseph even instructed the Israelites, hey, I know you guys are going to go and inherit this land. God's promise is true, so take my bones with you and bury them there, because that will be our home. Looking at the last uh, examples here, you see a big shift from these elements of faith to enduring faith during trials. See, Moses' parents, they saw, they had Moses, and they saw this child was something different. They knew that following the Pharaoh's edict to kill their child was not the right answer. So they faced death and chose faith over it. Moses grew up in the palace. He had anything he could ever want. A life of ease, a life of comfort. And yet he threw off those comforts and pleasures of the palace and chose a life of trials among his people. He had faith in God's direction and of God's promise and reward. Look at the Red Sea. The people of Israel journeying through the Red Sea. Can you imagine walking through with walls of water on either side of you? At any moment, that water could come crashing down and you could But no, they had faith that God could hold back those waters. They had seen what he had been doing in Egypt, and they knew he could hold them back those waters. When they came to Jericho, can you imagine walking around the city for seven days, and on the seventh day, seven times, just doing what God said, but having faith that doing this, just marching around the city, that that would lead to the conqueror of that city, and it did. They had faith. Rahab, even in her life of sin, which we all have, she recognized that there was something greater. And she turned to that and helped the Israelites. Then you see not so many named examples, because as the author says, I could go on and on and on about the testimony of these people from the Old Testament and their faith. You see allusions to uh, Daniel crunching the lion's mouth, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, living through fire, through Jeremiah, through Isaiah. Many people call this chapter the, the Hall of Faith, because you just have a listing of more and more and more people that have put their faith in God. But what's one thing we know about all these people in here, and it doesn't take long to find out, is none of them were perfect. But they were commended for their faith. They also didn't all get to see their promises laid out. The promises God made, they had to wait over time, and they might have not come true during their lifetime. We move into chapter 12, those first two verses. The author kind of brings all this to a conclusion. And he points to us that, hey, look, you have all these testimonies of faith. 
this cloud of witnesses surrounding you. Let that encourage you to shed anything that's holding you back, to go out and run and endure in this race, because God is perfect. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, and he has conquered death. This powerful element of we can learn from the testimony of others. Testimonies have a powerful, powerful impact. John's pointed to this recently about when uh, the Sharons shared their testimony, the power that it had on his life. I think we can all agree that hearing other people's personal experience and testimonies is a very powerful thing. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. I'm going to share a little bit of, uh, of how God has worked in, in my life. And I'm going to pick up here in, uh, in verse 1 where the writer talks about, let us run with endurance. Who in here enjoys running? I've got a couple hands. Awesome. I've got some thumbs down as well. I'm one of those crazy people that loves running. I'm not very good at it right now, a lot of shape. But I started running distance running when I was in elementary school um, through my first year in college, and I love it. Uh, I love the challenge. I love all the references of running to just daily life, especially in verses like this of getting, getting rid of those things that drag you down, to looking forward to the end result. Looking back in Hebrews 11, it talks about, you know, if, if people had just been looking back at the country they had come from, if we focus on what's behind us, that's where we're going to end up. The same thing as for running. If you focus on what's behind you, you're never going to reach your goal. So we've got to focus ahead. So all these things, just I love running. Uh, love getting out there and, uh, and running. Another thing I, uh, I found I had love for very early in life was the first time I went flying. Uh, just on a commercial jet, and I was like, this is pretty awesome. I want to do this when I grow up. But I also wanted to find a way to combine that with serving God. So I think I was in, uh, in high school when my mom gave me a book about uh, being a missionary pilot. Never heard of that before. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to fly. I want to go uh, to remote places and bring missionaries, bring supplies, and share the word of God. So searching for schools on how to do that. So I found a school in Texas where I could learn how to do that, learn how to fly, work on aircraft. Um, and get some training in understanding the Bible. So did uh, did one year of that in uh, Texas. Finished up my freshman year. Went back to Oregon. Married my beautiful wife Holly. And uh, at that same time, uh, found out that things might be changing very quickly. Went in for a routine sports physical because uh, I was running in college. Collegiate uh, cross country runner doing my annual just sports physical. And the same doctor I've had my entire life uh, goes, Kevin, you've got a little bit of a heart murmur. Shouldn't be anything to worry about. You're a cross country runner, strong hearts, probably just a little turbulence in there, but let's get it checked out. And I think it was the week before Holly and I got married, maybe it was the week after. We go back and forth on when, when the timing actually was. Uh, but we found out that, that I had a heart condition that I've had my entire life. Didn't know about it. The, all the doctors 
were surprised that I had no other symptoms, that I was still running, um, that basically the only thing wrong was a heart murmur. But I knew with this condition, I couldn't fly, couldn't continue to run uh, like I've been doing for much longer without surgery. To be honest, actually, if I had not had surgery, I wouldn't be up here today. I would probably have a hard time getting up and walking around. So, for about nine months, I think, after Holly and I got married, um, I had heart surgery. Now, luckily, they just had to do a repair and not a replacement. But during this whole time, I kind of thought that that calling God had on my life to go be a missionary pilot was over. So I was kind of looking for, for other places that I could serve God. And, and Holly and my mom both worked in my life to say, hey, you know, God has a calling for your life. Don't give up on that yet. Have faith. Uh, so I did. I, I put my faith um, in that calling God had and just kept praying, just kept working at it. And God opened doors that in normal human convention should never have been opened. Within probably two months of having surgery, I already had a upchip from the FAA saying I could go fly again, um, which and it was the, almost the easiest process you can imagine. Um, once we got back to college, just felt God's calling on my life to be a missionary pilot, but maybe not necessarily in the field that I thought. Started calling me towards looking at the different branches of the military. Found the Coast Guard and just fell in love with the mission and just felt like God was putting on my heart uh, a mission on my life where I could go out and save people's lives physically and spiritually. And just been aiming on, on that direction ever since. And God, once again, opened doors that shouldn't have been opened. But a military pilot with a fixed heart, that, that just doesn't happen. Um, and I know that's because of God. Now, this hasn't been you know, smooth along the way. There's obviously been stumbles that I've had on that divine direction, um, but I've pressed on in faith. And, and looking at Pastor Larry's sermons the last few weeks, he's talked about certain uncertainty, predictable resistance. I think we can all experience those things when we're looking at divine direction. But if we daily strive to remove the weight that holds us down, we can keep pressing on to that goal. So what do we do with this information? What do we do with all these testimonies that the author of Hebrews has put in here, with our personal testimonies? He said there's power in that. And that power points to Jesus is worthy of our faith. And any time we attempt to understand this world without faith, it's going to lead to hopelessness. But if we seek truth in creation, history, and our personal accounts from our brothers and sisters, faith in Jesus brings hope and meaning to this world. I encourage you to stand strong. Run the race. It's hard. But we can be secure in the path that God has called us on. He is the reason. He's the reason to have faith He's the reason to endure. The giants of faith could only see a portion of God's plan. We can see a much bigger piece of that 
plan. We can see the gospel story. They didn't get to see the whole story laid out, so we have even more reason from the Word of God to hold to this faith. So I just encourage you with these truths to use your personal experiences. They're powerful. Your testimony, how you came to know Christ, how he worked in your life. They're powerful tools. Share your testimony to build up your brothers and encourage faith in others. I just want to reread Hebrews 12, 1-2 here. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let these testimonies of these imperfect men and women encourage you to endure, to fellowship with others, to press on in your hope and faith in Jesus, because he is victorious.